Welcome to the Covenant Women Podcast with Dr. Adonica Howard-Brown, your on-demand source for Holy Ghost-filled preaching and teaching. You bring blessing everywhere you go. You bring freedom. You bring liberty. Out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Be refreshed, encouraged, and strengthened as you hear the Word today. I thank you, Father, that whatever they came for, you will give them. You will do for them, Lord. Thank you that you touch broken hearts. You bind up the broken. You heal their wound. You break off every band and every bondage. Every oppression of the enemy is broken in the name of Jesus. Oh, Baba Sensovros. Lord, I thank you that in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand, pleasures forevermore. In your presence is healing. In your presence is liberty. In your presence is everything we could need. Lord, I thank you for touching bodies right now from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. Thank you, Jesus. Bring a refreshing, Lord, go into, even into the joints and the marrow. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you for the oil of joy. Thank you for your oil that goes in and touches and revives and refreshes. Lord, whatever's dead, bring it to life. Bring it back to life, Lord. Bring it back to life. Bring it back to life. I thank you, Father, that bits and pieces and that haven't been functioning will start to function. I thank you that life will come back into organs of the body right now in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, even minds and brains are being touched right now. They've been having a struggle, but I thank you, Father, that you just go in and touch and rearrange and fix whatever you need to fix. Lord, any ill effects from any medications or shots or anything they've taken, I thank you, Father, you go in and you touch them. From the top of their head to the soles of their feet, you burn out every ill effect. Father, if you can burn metal out of people's bodies and heal them, you can burn out the, the, the results of vaccines and medications and whatever they've had to go through. Thank you, Lord. You're a redeemer and you redeem. Whatever the devil has tried to take and try to steal, you redeem it. You redeem the years, Father. 
for those who have felt like they have lost years, you redeem the years. I think they will be more fruitful and productive in their old age than they ever were. That more will be done in a few months than in years. But the time is short. Thank you, Lord. Yes. <laughs> Some of you are... The Lord's going in and taking some things out and putting some things back in. <laughs> taking the stuff we don't want, we don't need, that's broken and old, taking it out and putting the new and the fresh back in. Amen. Hallelujah. Renewing and refreshing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Well, let's sit down for a few minutes. We'll keep talking about flourishing this morning. Thank you, ladies. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree, Psalm 92. He shall grow like the seed of Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. How many can say, I'm fat and flourishing. I'm very fat. <laughs> I'm very abundantly blessed. I'm very prosperous. Hallelujah. To show that the Lord is upright, he's my rock and there's no unrighteousness in him. Amen. So if you missed the first night, you have to go back and listen to it. So you can also be happy about being fat. <laughs> I want to talk about, you know, the Lord promises that we would grow and that we would flourish. So grow like the cedar. I, I just really enjoyed really researching this because when the Lord gave us this, this word for us personally, but it's for you too, amen, it's for, for all of us. And the Lord said, I'm... I'm you know, going to raise you up like that palm tree in the desert. You're going to go into dry places and cause an oasis to spring up. And then, he's, and then the cedars represent standing in the courts of kings, standing, being used in holy places, being used for God's purposes, being lifted up for God's purposes. And so that, that's what God wants to do with us. He wants to personally flourish us in every area of our life, and he wants to lift us up to reflect his presence and glory through us to touch many lives, hallelujah. So the cedars of Lebanon were highly prized and precious. They would drag them, I don't even know how they did that in those days, right, with no machinery and no, no, no ships, and no, and they, because these trees are massive. And so the, the cedars in Lebanon particularly, there's many kinds, I guess, of cedars and the related trees, but these cedars were special. The Phoenicians used them to build ships, Egyptians used them to make paper, and the other civilizations like the Romans and the Turks exploited them for trade because they were worth a lot of money, so they, they would trade with them. They were used to build the temple of God and the king's palace. In fact, I think it was um, David and, and Solomon went for it, man. I mean, they had everything made of these, these beautiful trees. And uh, because they were so valuable and precious, they ended up almost 
being chopped down till there were none left. So in, in, in Lebanon, there used to be cedars covering everything, and now there's, you have to go special areas to go see these trees, but they're magnif magnificent. Guys, if you have those pictures that I sent you, just, you can pop them up there, feel free, just for a few minutes. First Chronicles 14 and verse one says, now Hiram king of Tyre sent messengers to David and timber of cedars with masons and carpenters to build him a house. These cedars are, are as the Amplified says, majestic, stable, durable, and incorruptible. Look at those branches. You saw particularly in the first one how, how the branches spread out sideways. They go up very high, but they also spread out sideways. So these are illustrative of the majesty, majesty, strength, and glory of Christ. In the Song of Solomon 5.15, it says, his legs are strong and steady pillars of marble set upon bases of fine gold. His appearance is like Lebanon, excellent, stately, and majestic as the cedars. So they use cedars to describe the beauty of, of the Lord. C cedars are awe-inspiring, especially in person. Our lives should reflect the Lord in such a way that people feel his, and experience his presence and are moved to reverence and awe of him, giving glory to the great and majestic God and King, hallelujah. They are a glorious display of divine care. Psalm 106 and verse six, uh, sorry, 104 verse 16 says, the, Lord, the trees of the Lord are full of sap, the cedars of Lebanon which he hath planted. Nobody planted them, God planted them, and God plants us, amen. We are planted by the Lord. We are the planting of the Lord. Under the inspiration of the Spirit, Balaam prophesied over Israel when, when um, Balak was trying to get him to prophesy bad stuff over Israel, and the Holy Spirit would not let him. And one of the things that came out of his mouth was how in Numbers 24, five and six, how goodly are thy tents, O Jacob, and thy tabernacles, O Israel, as the valleys, as the valleys uh, are they spread forth, as gardens by the river's side, as the trees of lion aloes which the Lord has planted, and as cedar trees before the waters. That was part of a prophetic word given over where, you see, no man can curse what God has blessed. Always remember that. You do your best to, to keep your heart humble, to keep your life pure, to walk in love, and the hand of protection of God will be on you, and no one can curse you, because you are the blessed of the Lord. When you're remaining, amen, when you're in the center of His will, no man can curse you, hallelujah. No woman either, <laughs> no one. So. Cedars are not only well supplied, but they're always green. They're evergreens, like the palm tree. They depend on God and not man to be watered. We prosper when we, when we trust God for everything and in everything. That's how to exceedingly abundantly prosper. So every believer, every Christian is the tree of the Lord in our planting and in our watering. He plants us in a good place, amen, and he is the one that waters us and, and blesses us and gives us everything that we need to survive and thrive, hallelujah. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. We just sang that. He leads me beside the still waters. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. If, if he's my shepherd and I'm his sheep, I never have to worry. I'm, I'm gonna, 
I'm going to be in green pastures. I don't worry about the lion and the bear or the wolf because my shepherd's going to take care of that. He's anointed my head with oil, my cup's overflowing. Even when my enemies try and come against me, he's going to set this table of blessing my, in, right there in front of my enemies. The Bible says that, that the bad things that happen to the wicked, we'll see it with our eyes, but it's not going to happen to us in Psalm 92. Amen. We won't experience those things. We will see it happen to them, but we won't experience it. And they will see us being blessed and the table of the Lord set before us and being so prosperous and everything in our life prospering, and they won't experience it. They can only look in. But if they can always get saved and become a believer, <laughs> that's why the Lord says, bless your enemies and pray for them. Why? Because you pray for them so that they can get saved and become your friends. Amen. So, Proverbs 31 and 25 says, strength and dignity are her clothing, the virtuous woman, and her position is strong and secure. She rejoices over the future, the latter day or time to come, knowing that she and her family are in readiness for it. The strength and the dignity of the tree translates over dignity not being the dignity of thinking more highly of ourselves than we ought, or as, as a, a prideful thing, but the Bible says that God is the lifter of your head. When you humble yourself, He will lift you up. He will elevate you. So God lifts up our head. So we're not dig strong and dignified because of anything from the inside of us, but uh, as far as from ourselves, but because of God's grace on us, amen. And that shines forth and people see that and it touches their heart and their life and they go, I want what you have, amen. amen. Proverbs 13 and verse four says, the appetite of the sluggard craves and gets nothing, but the appetite of the diligent is abundantly supplied. So we have to be diligent with what the Lord gives us and we will be abundantly supplied. Proverbs 31 21 through 23 says, she is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She makes herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. This woman is the most hardworking, a servant's heart, always giving and sharing. And look at the blessing on her life. And this is our image. This is the woman that that the, that the word of God holds up for us to, to look up to and aspire to. Not, not any other woman, not these women in the world, not, not, not the people, on, not the Kardashians, you know, <laughs> not, not these people. They, those, these people are so lost and broken and screwed up, you know, but it's this virtuous woman that we are to look up to. And so we need to teach our little girls because, you know, we do, we look, we look we're always measuring ourselves against against others, but we need to teach our little girls to look to the Word of God and see themselves in the Word and how beautiful that they are and how beautiful they can be. The Bible says the older needs to teach the younger and the younger need to be teachable. Amen. And so the younger need to honor. The Bible says, children, you need to honor your parents and you will live a long time. So even if someone's not your parent, but they're in somebody that's older than you and more experienced, honor them, look up to them, respect them, and listen to what they have to say because you might learn something. You know, we, we, we minister to a lot of ministers, and there's a lot of them that, that we, we, we can't help because you give them advice and they never take it. They come asking you for advice, you give it to them and they don't do it, right? And every last one of them 
struggles and struggles and struggles and struggles and just goes backwards because they will never listen to the counsel of someone who's done it, been there, been there, bought that t-shirt, already, already lived the life, already has the experience. But so you can learn so much from somebody who's already lived, but look at the fruit of their life. You have to look at the fruit, remember? Because like material success is not the measure of someone's character. Or, or who they are or what they have to offer. So it's, it's those character traits. So that's what I look at in people. I'm always looking at, at people. I look for the heart. I want to be around women who have a heart after God, who have a sweet spirit, who are not gossipers, are not backbiters. Amen. There's some ladies, they know every, every grumpy person in the church. They know every, every, right? They know every complaint of everyone in the church. They, like they go around like a dirty old vacuum cleaner, sucking up everybody else's trash, and they're, they're full of dust bunnies, everybody else's dust bunnies and trash and garbage, and am I scratching in somebody's kid litter box now? <laughs> right? So when people like that come around to you and start me, 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 you need to tell them, look, my ear's not a garbage pail, right? And why don't you go forgive that person? Why don't you do what the Bible says and go talk to them? If you have a problem with that person, why don't you go talk to them? Why are you complaining to me? I, I can't do anything. You just, and, and the Bible t tells you, don't get in the middle of someone else's fight because you're the one that'll end up with a bloody nose. I think something like that, I'm paraphrasing. But it does, it says don't get in the middle of somebody else's mess. Don't, don't take someone else's offense. If someone's offended, why do you wanna pick that mess up? Because the Bible says that bitterness leads to defilement of many. So people have an offense that turns into bitterness. Don't let them come and defile you with their bitterness. Be, be gentle and be sweet and firm, kind but firm, right? I learned that from my mother. You be kind and firm and you tell them no. You are wrong. You, you have an offense and, you, and, and it doesn't matter what, listen, it doesn't matter what anybody else did to you, even if they did it, it doesn't matter. You have to get, keep your heart right. I don't care about, amen. You have to fix, and, and for goodness sake, most of us in here, I can see a bunch of grown-ups. We are grown-ups. And so whatever happened in your past, stop holding it against that person, forgive and release, because unforgiveness, right? It's like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. The only person that gets defiled, contaminated, broken, screwed up, and in a big mess is you, if you carry that, that stuff. You wanna get rid of it, purge it out, get rid of it. You know, even, even uh, you know, have you heard stories of people that have, you know, something gets stuck inside somehow, maybe even people with, with bullets? I've heard of stories of people who got a bullet in them when they were like in the war when they were 18 and they're like 65 and the thing's pushing out of their body. Your body is, your, God created your body to push out nasty stuff to push out the toxins, to push out, why? Because that stuff is harmful to you. So anything that's not good for you, your body's gonna try to push it, push it, push it, push it, push it, push it, even a tree will do that. Push, take something and push it out. Push it, push it out. So why, why do you wanna hold on to that stuff and let it, let it make you rotten from the inside out? How many of you ever grabbed a beautiful apple and you took a bite and the inside was yuck, right? And you don't wanna be like that. Or, looking good on the outside and oh, yuck in the middle because that's not good for anything. So God wants to come in and he wants to do a work in your life. He wants to bless and prosper you, but you have to make those adjustments. Those things are gonna hinder your ability to flourish. God's desire and plan for you 
is to flourish, but you're gonna hinder that through strife and, and, and complaining and, and gossiping and backbiting and feeling offended and she looked at me funny and you know, it's, she didn't greet me, uh, whatever, you know, and so it, it's amazing what, what offenses people manage to pick up and you're like, what? <laughs> you thought what? How did you even, anyways, so just, just rather skip the opportunity to take offense. So what I do is the moment I feel, because it's the devil that brings strife into, into all of our life, right? Strife and division. So we have to recognize that it's the devil. So we have that thought, nip it in the bud immediately. immediately. Just push it away from you. Don't let it stay and then attract friends. Because that's what happens. You let one little devil in, he brings friends. And in the end, you've got the stronghold in your mind. And listen, we try to get people free from that. I mean, maybe some of you have experienced that. Maybe you're in the process. I know for me, I had to break some strongholds out of my mind of just wrong ways of thinking about things. Amen. And so those things are going to bind you, hold you back, and hinder you. So you, you have to be willing to let them go. And some people hold on to them like, like you know, you don't know those hoarders with hoard the stuff? And they've got houses full of newspapers and the end it collapses on them and kills them and you know, crazy stuff like that. And it's like because of emotional trauma in their life, they've attached themselves to material things and they don't, they don't even throw the trash out and they can't even take a shower or a bath or because everything's, you know, the, the shower's full of boxes of, of trash. And people are like that with spiritual things. And they hold on to all that stuff that's hindering them. They can't even go take a shower. <laughs> they, can't even, they can't even enjoy their house because they, they you know, because their head is so full of garbage, they can't even enjoy, the, I'm talking about you as your house, you can't even enjoy living in your own mind and body and spirit because you're, you're so cluttered with all of this trash that you don't need. And so we need to ask the Holy Spirit, give us a, a Holy Ghost enema or something as Pastor Ronnie said. Get, pur- get that stuff all purged out of us and then we'll feel so much better. <laughs> that wasn't what I was preaching on, but let's do <laughs> Let's keep talking about the cedars quickly. The, the cedar is, is great and mighty. They're very tall. They can grow more than 100 feet tall. So that would be average, what, 100 stories high? 100 feet tall, 40 feet around. But some of them have been measured 73 feet around. So you get those, is it the redwoods, right, in California? People go especially to see those. They're so old and they're so huge. So the cedars are the same way. They grow very tall and very big. Psalm 80 and verse 10 and 11 says, the hills were covered with its shadow and the mighty cedars with its boughs. She sent out her boughs to the sea and her branches to the river. Remember those big long branches spreading out? They grow on high mountains more than 6,000 feet above sea level. So just like these tall cedars, we, God has created us to be strong and mighty and stable and durable and also they grow this, I mean 6,000 feet, that's pretty high. Up, they grow very high elevations. Well, that's, that's how we live our life. We live close to where he is, amen. We, live, we, we don't live down here with everybody else. We live on this, this, in this other, I don't want to call it a plane, but we live in this other space, <laughs> up high and close to heaven. And heaven goes with us wherever we go, amen. Because we carry heaven. But we live, we live our lives close to God, like these cedars, because that's where the blessing is, amen. And our holy aspiration and ambition 
is only to be more like Jesus with every passing day, amen. Cedars are strong and beautiful. They grow stronger through adversity, through the winds, the, the, the heavy snowfall, the storms that they endure, they grow stronger like we shared earlier, that plants need to experience some kind of toughness to make them tough, some kind of adversity to make them tough. And so adversity in our life makes us stronger if we will do what the word of God says. If we don't do what God's word says and we give up, it, it could take us out. But we're not gonna give the devil that satisfaction, right? It, it's when you press in and you do what the word says, no matter what you feel, that's when you have the breakthrough. That's, that's what causes you to grow and thrive, is clinging to the word of God and standing firm on that. So we can survive and thrive anything because he is with us and in us. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Romans 8, 37. And 1 John 4, 4 says, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Greater is he, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Greater is he. I know that's one of those foundational scriptures. Kids love that one. Kids love greater is he that's in me. And I, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and sound mind. And even when you first get born again, those are the things like, yes, greater is he that's in me. You're greater than he because you still have so much stuff to overcome, right, and come through. You know, you, you're really blessed if you could grow up in church and stay serving God. That's a good test. That's a, actually a wonderful testimony. You don't have to go out in the world and prove anything and go mess up in order to ap appreciate the blessing of God. But you can just appreciate the blessing of God and watch the wicked do their thing and say, thank, thank you, Jesus that I missed out on that. Thank you that all, I, all I've known is your blessing because you are only good to me, amen. Don't forget that it's God that is your, your, your refuge alone. Cedars were used in offerings of purification, as well as being chosen to be the building material for his temple. Because of that strength and that durability and that incorruptibility. You know, apart from a few aphids, Apparently, there's not very many problems associated with, with uh, um, cedars. So you can grow them in your garden, and I, I believe they, they just have to be in an area that can be well-drained, but they will survive. There's, there's, not, there's not a lot of things that, that attack them, not a lot of not diseases, not insects or anything. And um, of course, how many of you know that, I mean, if, if, you could, if you could, we would all have a cedar closet, right? And, but but if, if, we, if our closet's not big enough to put the cedar and our clothes in it, well, <laughs> or, or whatever, or whatever, we, if we have some other closet that's not cedar, still we'll take the cedar wood or the cedar balls or thing and put it in there to get rid of the moths and the bugs, right? Because that's what cedar does. Cedar just repels all the yucky stuff, amen, and attracts all the good stuff. So, <laughs> so we want to be like a cedar that the bugs, the devils just run away when they see us coming, amen. They stand straight, upright, and unmoved. They are impervious to the opinions and the judgments of men. They care only for what the master is pleased with, amen. So we don't care what other people's opinions are. We love people, but we don't let their opinion or their judgment change what we think of ourselves or what we're doing or what we believe about the Lord. We know what we believe about him. We know who he is. We know who we are in him. We know what we are called to do. Amen. So we know because God's called us to this ministry, 
and he poured out joy in our ministry, and I'm very thankful because the joy of the Lord is people's strength. And that's where marriages are healed and bodies are healed. People laugh for three days and get healed of breast cancer and, and, and AIDS and, you know, all these testimonies we've had through the years of miraculous healings, just through getting full of the joy of the Lord and, and people getting saved. I mean, when, when the joy started breaking out, I thought maybe that some of the unsaved people would get a little nervous and, and run out the place. Yet guess what they did? They came running to the altar <laughs> because that's what happened to me because you know, in the presence of the Holy Spirit, you're drawn to Him. And so, um, we don't care about the opinions of people. We only care about what God thinks. And we have to come to that place where that is the most important thing to us, is what the Lord thinks, and pleasing Him, and not pleasing anybody else. And so, when, <clears throat> when, the, um, we'd give, when we, the joy would break out, where you would think that the unsaved would be offended, they would run to the altar. Guess who was offended? The religious. The religious. So the Lord helped us to actually, because um, you know people wear the religious mask, but God wants to take the mask off, wants he, us to allow Him to do the work in our life, and so that we can be our, our, our authentic, real selves that He's made with Jesus shining out of us. Amen. <coughs> with all of the mess, <coughs> the crud, and the, and the works of the flesh burned out and the, and the stuff of the past and br Jesus branded in our heart. Amen. But this, when the Spirit of God starts moving, then people get exposed for who they are really, of if they're a religious Pharisee or if they're hungry for God. Amen. So you watch those people. They just they'll have ants in their pants, even some preachers. Ants in their pants and they've they got to run out the place and then they've got to criticize the preacher because they can't acknowledge, well, I'm, I'm not good. I don't want God to touch that area of my life. I'm not humbling myself and I'm not letting God fix that. All of us need to humble ourselves and let God fix whatever, need, whatever needs to be fixed. And, and yet, so a lot of those people that rejected the revival ripped into my husband, right? Said horrible things about him, you know. It's like, hey, why attack the messenger? <laughs> you know, if you have a problem, go to the Lord. But anyway, um, a lot of those guys ended up in rehab and they could have just got the joy. How sad. And so we had to become impervious to what people thought about us and, uh, and care more about what God thought because at the end of the day, God gave this ministry to us. God called us to do what we do to the best of our ability. We're not perfect, so if we missed it, he'll straighten us out. But to the best of our ability, we stayed in the center of his will and did what he wanted us to do. So if you don't like this, go talk to my dad, because my dad told me to do this, so you go talk to him, because I'm not changing anything because it, it makes you uncomfortable. Amen. Because if the cat's getting, fur's getting rubbed the wrong way, let the cat turn around. And people don't want to change, and they want God to change for them, so they twist the word of God. They rewrite the Bible and twist it to, to suit their carnality and their flesh, and they flat out degraded sin, instead of falling on their face, sackcloth and ashes, humbling themselves before God and saying, please forgive me, please forgive me and wash me clean. We have to come in line with the word. The word doesn't change. We don't change the word to suit our circumstance or what we go through. When our daughter was born with cystic fibrosis, we did not back off of, of healing. So, somebody was telling me the other day that they had an attack in their family of healing and someone, how can you speak on healing? Guess how? I can speak on healing even while I'm believing for my daughter to get healed because God's word, that's God's, God's word doesn't change. 
because my circumstances change. I've seen preachers, they go through a hard time and, and their family and things go chaotic and then next thing they know that preacher God heals but sometimes he doesn't. Well, he does or he doesn't. I think you need to retire right now. I think it's like right now, I think your ministries, I think you need to just sit down and let somebody else preach because you, 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 you're preaching out of hurt and maybe you're losing your mind, I don't know. But, but you're preaching out of the hurt that you've been through, you're mad at God, and that's what's manifested when you're preaching. So the thing, Kelly died knowing that God was not her enemy, that God was on her side, he was her healer, and the devil was the stinking, lying, devil, thief, amen, and the cause of all sickness and disease. And so, you know, she lived until she died, and she didn't live with all this, why did God do this to me, you know? It's like when stuff goes right for us, we don't go, why did, why did you do something nice for me? It's like, no, oh, thank you, yes, I deserve that. But you know, we live in this earth and stuff happens. And sometimes, you know what, it's out of your control. Sometimes people make choices that hurt us. Sometimes our husband takes off. Sometimes businesses collapse, so people steal from us or whatever, but we have to know that God's word doesn't change just because we're going through the circumstance, that he's still with us, that he's still on the throne, that his word still works, and that we're gonna, we're gonna spite the devil and we're gonna just stick with the word of God where he, he's, he is not gonna get us to quit. That is the last thing we're gonna do. We're gonna keep pressing in. Hallelujah. And even when we feel like we can't do it anymore, we're just gonna fall on the floor, cry a puddle, and say, Lord, I can't do this, and I need you. And you know what? And then we, we're gonna cry it all out, and then we're gonna pick ourselves up, and we're gonna feel strength come back in us, and then we're gonna, we're gonna be ready. We're gonna pick up the sword, and we're gonna pick up the shield, and we're gonna, we're gonna go for it. Hallelujah. And carve the devil up one side and the other. Amen. Hallelujah, because you don't have to be a boy with big muscles and you don't have to have a big voice, but you can have authority as a woman of God, hallelujah, full of the Holy Spirit and founded on the Word, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Woo! So they are, we are impervious to the opinions of people. We only care what God thinks, hallelujah. Psalm 37, 37 says, mark the perfect man and behold the upright, for the end of that man is peace. When we are upright before God, when our heart is perfect before him, our end will be peace. Everything in our life will be peace, not chaos, peace. With clean hands and a pure heart, we are growing stronger and stronger. Proverbs 14, 11, the house of the wicked shall be overthrown, but the tabernacle of the upright shall flourish. They flourish inwardly and they flourish outwardly, filled with and sustained by the joy of their salvation. Cedars live a very long time. Some of them are thought to, to live longer than 2,000 years old, maybe even more. And again, I mentioned earlier some of the uses, um, but they used them for boards, pillars, ceilings, uh, these are all things mentioned in the, in the Bible. Um, temples, palaces, ships, masts, wardrobes, chariots, even wardrobes, Ezekiel 30, 27, 24, they made cedar wardrobes. They knew even then, making chariots. Um, and unfortunately, even for some carved images, just because, you know, idols, because they stood so straight and so strong. The church is a pillar and a ground of the truth. 1 Timothy 3.15 says, if I'm detained, you may know how people ought to conduct themselves in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the stay 
the prop and the support of the truth. Revelation 3, 11 and 12, behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast to what you have, that no one may take your crown. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the house of my God. Hallelujah, what an awesome promise for he, for she who overcomes. And overcoming is just, you know what, overcoming is just staying the course and finishing your race. Amen. It's not in, you know, you don't have to go conquer armies, you just have to stay true to him. And that's overcoming through all the persecution and all the garbage that life throws your way. They endure a long time, they live a long time. If our good endeavors are rooted in and founded on God, they will endure a long time. Psalm 112, nine says he has distributed freely. He has given to the poor and needy. His righteousness, his uprightness and right standing with God endures forever and his horn shall be exalted in honor. Our good deeds can be greatly beneficial and live on beyond our lifetimes, not only in eternity, I mean, not only on earth, but in eternity as well. There's, there's a great many people who have done amazing things and they, their legacy lives on, that they, they're a, people are, be able, are able to follow in their tracks, that people's lives are made better because they lived. Amen. There's people that, that do bad things and hurt a lot of people, and, but that dies with them. I shared this in church the other day. And you might say, well, they didn't die with them because they did all this stuff wrong and uh, they broke everything and left it broken. But you have to understand that everybody who lives has a choice for good or for evil. So somebody might have been a negative, bad influence, but at the end of the day, each individual has the right to make their own choices. So we can follow a bad person and be bad ourselves, or we can look at them and go, I don't want to be like that and resist that in our own life, right? So we have the freedom of choice. So I feel like when someone, an evil person dies, that dies with them, and then the next evil person has the choice to, they've got the choice, you know, or this person has the choice to do evil or to do right. But when someone does good and beneficial things, it has a way of benefiting. Because when, when people are functioning under the unction of the devil and they're stealing, they're greedy and they're covetous and they, they're killing and stealing and destroying and doing what the devil does, then, you know, that stuff, uh, anyways, <laughs> they, 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 they're killing, stealing, destroying, but that stuff dies when they die, but then the next generation has the option to do things differently, right? But when, when you're a blessing, you bless many, and there's many of us that are blessed with certain blessings we don't even know I mean, we'll know in heaven, but there's blessings that we've received from people who've done good things, and even, they, they didn't, even people who didn't get any recognition here, maybe someone was praying for you, amen. And nobody knows it, but in heaven you'll know the good and the beneficial things that people did that made your life better, and then you're gonna see the good and beneficial things, the good deeds that you've done, that endured, that touched somebody's life, long beyond your life even in your lifetime and beyond, and then of course, all that good fruit follows us into eternity in that gold, jewels, and precious stones, amen. So good deeds endure, and our name, the name, we, we remember, you know, we remember a few, a name of a few bad people because they were that bad, but usually history writes about the people who did good. Those in the Bible, all over, we remember the people who did good, amen. 
like we remember the great preachers. We don't rem remember the idiots who criticized them and, to, amen, <clears throat> and followed them around and, and harassed them everywhere that they went. We don't remember those people. But we remember the people who did good and we remember their name and what they did. Anybody, it's easy to be a critic. But it's harder to actually be there in the arena and keep your heart right and, and, you know, and do what's right. Our good deeds can be greatly beneficial and live on. Second Corinthians 9.9, 9, as it is written, he, the benevolent person, scatters abroad, he gives to the poor, his deeds of justice and goodness and kindness and benevolence will go on and endure forever. Proverbs 31.20, she opens her hand to the poor, yea, yes, she reaches out her filled hands to the needy, whether in body, mind, or spirit. So God fills our hands with blessings so that we can be a blessing. Not so we can get fat and comfortable and forget about him, but so that we can be a blessing. Amen. Cedars are aromatic and fragrant. Must be the most beautiful smell when you walk through the, through the cedar forests. Just, just researching this made me want to go visit. <laughs> I've been to Israel, but we haven't been into Lebanon. Song 411 says... Thy lips, O my spouse, drip as the honeycomb. Honey and milk are under thy tongue. The smell of thy garments is like the smell of Lebanon. That was a compliment. <laughs> the smell. So it's fragrant. The thing about, about the, the cedar, it's fragrant in the wild when it's growing. It's fragrant when it's cut down and used. It's fragrant when it's burned. You know, some wood, um, we, we like to do, we call it a braai. You call it a barbecue. And um, there's... Whatever you put underneath it, the, the, the meat takes the flavor of, of in the smoke, right? So there's certain trees you don't want to burn because they'll actually contaminate your food. But there's other trees that'll give your food an incredible flavor. I mean, right when you do the smoke, the barbecue, it's like a special, special wood that they use or whatever to make all the smoked stuff. Shawnee's busy um, cooking, I could ask her. But anyway, um, but I know there's like special, you have to use only special. So even Kenneth... Kenneth, he's hilarious. But anyway, he's got all these gadgets, all these cooking gadgets outside in the backyard. So he cooks the meat, Jessica does the veggies, and everybody's happy. So he's got this pot thing, and then he's got a grill, and then he's got another thing, and he's got all, and you can cook this here, and you can cook that there, and everything's done, and he's got a cast iron, he's cast iron pots, and it had to be a, a particular kind of a cast iron pot, not just the cheap junk one, like the really good one, did all his research, and then you gotta take care of it a certain way, and uh, it's so cute. But anyways, and then so he was showing me his, like his smoker and how he does, I tell you what, it is good food. It is amazing, it it's tastes very good. So it matters, the wood matters anyways, but, but this, the cedar is, you know, because some trees are beautiful, but you burn them not so good, right? But the cedar is, is beautiful and fragrant in any condition that it's in. And it repels again, as we said, it repels every kind of bugs. Um, God's trees sweeten the atmosphere around themselves. Amen. There's certain people, you, you come into their presence and you just, you just feel his presence. They carry it. So we want to be that person that carries that, that sweet fragrance with us everywhere. First Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians 2 and verse 15, for we are the sweet fragrance of Christ, which exhales unto God, discernible alike among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. So everybody, the saved and unsaved, can smell the sweet fragrance of Christ. 
You are sweet. You smell sweet. They can smell you, and you smell good. Amen. Do you know smells, smells, the way that we're wired in our brain, our smells are linked straight into our memories. And I think that has to do with something, it has to do with self-preservation. Um, to save your life, certain smells mean, you know, certain things. So some smells mean, get out of here. This is going to kill you. <laughs> and some, so some smells repel and some smells attract for a good reason. Because the bad smells are bad. It's like taste. God gives us our taste buds to taste. That we, if something's spoiled, we can, we can spit it out. If it's bitter, poisonous, we can, we can taste it. We can spit it out. Because we're not supposed to swallow that stuff. <laughs> Amen. We're only supposed to taste what is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. So smells are linked straight into your, is it the limbic system? I'm not sure. Um, straight into your brain. But, but how many of you have ever smelled a smell and it immediately took you back to even a distant memory? Amen. And that's because your, your sense of smell is, is linked immediately back into, into memories and your experience of the world. And so when we are full of Jesus Christ and we have that sweet fragrance, people smell that, free, that sweet fragrance and it draws them to Jesus. When we look like Jesus, then they are drawn to Jesus. It, we need to, some people say you preach the gospel and, you know, sometimes use words, but no, hey, you need to always use words. But of course, with some people, the Lord will tell you, don't say anything now, just love them and just be the sweet you that you are, full of Jesus, carrying that fragrance of Jesus and his presence, and the Lord will, will bring them around. There'll be the opportunity for you to share with them, especially if you've been praying for them. Amen. So first thing is preach the gospel. Amen. And so always share with people. And if they, if they put walls up, you just keep loving them and sharing and keep praying. How long did that guy witness to your husband? Five years? One man witnessed to Eric for five years. And Eric respected him because he was successful in business and that's what Eric wanted was to be a success. But he put up all his walls in five years, but God got him. God got him, amen. He couldn't run. That guy just kept talking to him about Jesus. And he finally, he, he, he had a, basically a visitation from the Lord and he knew that if he didn't receive Jesus today, he was gonna be in big trouble. And he, he, he knelt down and received the Lord in his house and God saved his life. Um, he was given a diagnosis basically that, could, that at that point could mean, you know, your life was cut short. God completely healed him. God gave him a, a beautiful wife and, and uh, you know, two beautiful kids and what a glorious testimony, but someone didn't give up on him. Amen. So don't give up on people, but just, and just don't get mad if they, if they don't respond. Just keep, you, that's why, you know, walking in love, it's very, very important. You have to. Love is the key to your entire life. Love is the key. Walking in love is the key to, to success in every area of your life, particularly your marriage and your children, every area of your life. Hosea 14 and 5 through 7 says, I will be as the dew to Israel. He will grow as the lily and cast forth, cast forth his roots as Lebanon. His branches are spread. His beauty shall be as the olive tree and as smell as Lebanon. That they dwell under his shadow shall return. They shall revive as the corn and grow as the vine. The scent thereof shall be as the wine of Lebanon. And then in Isaiah 35, God makes a promise to Israel. 
You know, when I was researching, when the joy hit our, our meetings, and I was like, Lord, you've got to show me in your word. And he took me to all these beautiful scriptures of joy and rejoicing. That in his presence, his fullness of joy. If we follow him, we're going to carry joy. We're not going to carry sourness and grumpiness. We're going to carry joy if we're full of him. Amen. And he he says, um, so verse 35 all through down, it talks about what will happen if you don't serve the Lord. How do I have that wrong? Is it 36? Oh, Ezekiel. Jeez Louise. I'm like, that's not the right scripture. <laughs> I can always blame it on getting drunk, right? Anyway. 35, the wilderness and the dry land shall be glad, the desert shall rejoice. But sometimes you are, sometimes you get so, and obviously like, what did I say? <laughs> the wilderness and the dry land shall be glad, the desert shall rejoice and blossom like the rose and the autumn crocus. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice, even with joy and singing. Actually, let me just read this in the King James, it's just gonna flow easier. It'll blossom abundantly and rejoice, even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given unto it, the excellency of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord and the excellency of our God. Strengthen ye the weak hands and confirm the feeble knees. Say to them that are of a fearful heart, be strong and fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, even God with a recompense. He will come and save you. And the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped, then shall the lame man leap as a heart, and the tongue of the dumb sing. For in the wilderness shall, break, shall waters break out and streams in the desert. The parched ground shall become a pool, the thirsty land springs of water. In the habitation of dragons where each lay shall be grass with reeds and rushes. And a highway shall be there, and a way shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those the wayfaring men, though fool, shall not err therein. No lion shall be in there, or any ravenous beast shall go up thereon. It shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come with Zion with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Hallelujah. So again, the analogy of the the cedar, and then he ends with everlasting joy and sorrow and sadness will flee away. Hallelujah. The oil of joy for the spirit of mourning. Joy is a hallmark of, the, of God and the presence of God. Amen. Depression is for the devil and his crowd, but joy <laughs> is for us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Fullness of joy. Fullness of joy. Fullness of joy. At his right hand, pleasures forevermore. How many of you have been touched this week already with the joy and God's blessed you and you've been refreshed? Hallelujah. You're going to leave here refreshed and strong and ready to take on whatever's waiting for you at home. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So you can take a drink for the road if you like, if you want some, but um, I'll let you go and have lunch and rest and come back tonight and bring somebody. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.